will have heard this little bit of the story because of uh, because I've said it before and once was at the newcomers supper that we had a little while ago. But um, I've always loved Jesus and always tried to uh, to live for Jesus. And uh, at one point in my life, it, there was sort of a dry patch where I think there was a, a lack of supportive loving community, and there were just some other things that uh, were difficult. And so. Um, it just felt a little bit barren. And then <clears throat> I was invited to a women's group that was uh, being held here in St. Stephen um, <clears throat> with some of the early early folk from um, St. Croix Church. And I remember being a little bit nervous to go into the group because I didn't know people. But when I got there, and when, particularly when they started to pray, I just felt something in my spirit that I knew was the presence of God, and that was enough to draw me in. Um, so that was my very first encounter with what would become my church and faith community. <clears throat> um, also, around that time, just shortly after, um, we were in the time when there were a lot of vineyard sort of conferences, and people were um, very excited about hearing God's voice and uh, listening to God for one another. And during that time, there were some words spoken in my life. I remember one in particular where um, a woman was praying for me and listening and said, God is rebuilding the foundations of your life. And that's something that spoke into my heart very deeply and that seemed to accompany me for a long time. And so I just felt built up and encouraged and um, yeah, just a part of what God is doing. And then a little bit later on, I was introduced to, through some Catholic friends, to praying with scripture and what it was like to listen to the word or to some other type of reading or even to your own experience and to hear uh, directly to your own heart um, how God was speaking. And that was another really important uh, part of my life of prayer. Um, and I thought of that when Alex was reading this morning because there were so many beautiful images of God and so often for me it's been an image that has spoken to my heart and has somehow loosened something maybe that, that really needed to, to be freed or um, strengthened or whatever it is. And um, I'm almost at the end, but uh, there have also been many, many times when we've gathered together um, to, to pray for someone who is facing a, a time of decision-making, they were ready to make a transition in their life and just really needed the support of the community. And those have been beautiful times of, of hearing God together, um, not feeling like any one person has the answers, but knowing that, that God is present when we, when we gather to, to listen. So um, I think one of, one of my hopes in doing this this morning is just to sort of reawaken uh, what it's been like to really... Uh, have prayer at the center of our community. Um, it's been difficult in lots of ways because of COVID. We haven't been able to gather together for a long time. Now that we can, um, it just seems like a new opportunity for, for God to lead and to, and to uh, bless us in these ways. So what we're going to do is, uh, Walter's gonna come up in just a minute and interview a couple of people who have been in a part of prayer ministry in the church in various ways over the years. Unfortunately, our third, uh, Shannon, isn't able to be here this morning. She, she's not well, but um, anyway, we're going to just listen to, um, to the experiences of others 
and then we'll have an opportunity to uh, to just be in, in groups and think and talk about what prayer uh, listening has been like in your life and, and how we might perhaps recenter that a bit um, in our life together as we go forward. So that's that's a little bit of an introduction. I'm going to ask Walter to come up now. Tracy, why don't you come up right away, too. So we, uh, this is an international conference on prayer. We have Alex Henderson from St. Stephen in front of Tracy Williams all the way over from Calais, Maine. Welcome. One of the main things we want to do this morning is, is to uh, introduce and encourage everybody to have around your tables around some questions to do with um, how prayer can be a way of listening, a way of showing compassion, a way of compassionate listening to each other, uh, toward even listening to our intuitive selves, to, to uh, hear um, the, the deepest impulses in us for how to care. And uh, we wanted to just prompt that a little bit with some experiences and stories from people who have had a little bit of experience in doing that. So, um, so we invited uh, Shannon, who's not here, and Alex and Tracy to, to share just a, a bit of their experience this morning. So the first question that I wanted to ask you is if you could each share just a little bit of something about how you came to see prayer as something significant in your life, particularly in the way that Lauren introduced you know, prayer as a kind of listening, whether it's listening to God, prayer as a way of listening to other people, attending to people who might be in need, or, or, or listening to like the spirit in us, like our, our intuitions and, and how that helps us to care for people. So, um, Tracy, do you want to start? What, how did you first come to see that as something significant? It doesn't, it shouldn't have said first, <laughs> at any point along the way. Um, when I really uh, realized that I was in a relationship with God, I had two very small children. And I was watching, I was in a very traditional church where I was seeing a lot of service, a lot of coming and going and participating and stuff. But I had these little children and my focus was my family. And uh, I'm very grateful. The pastor of that church at the time, he said to me, you know, he, he was just talking to me and he said, well, have you considered prayer? you know, being involved with prayer, just somebody we could reach out to. And I said, oh, that's great, because, I mean, I could stay home and still be with my family, but I felt like I was part of the, the greater the church community. And so that's how that began. And, I mean, I, I think that I've benefited from that far more than the people I've been asked to pray for situations or communities because... Um, I just uh, really, God has really fostered that relationship. And sometimes it's not listening. Like this morning, I told you I was nervous. And I had driven up here from Perry. And my mind, I call it blend of brain, when you're just, your mind's just sitting. I thought, oh, this has got to shut off, or I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and it so happens. Is, is actually slowing down that blender burn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, de 
was for me before I pray is I'm just a complete blank. And then it's just, okay, this is what, this is what this is going to be about. Yeah. So that's, that was my experience. And it's just a privilege to be able to continue it. Yeah. Well, that's a great start. Thank you for starting us off in that direction. How about you, Alex? Um, yeah, I would agree with that last. Focus on here's how you do it, like one, two, three, four, and then you're good. 
I don't think of it as a spell book. This is not a formula you can perfect. And if you say the right things in the right way and can convince yourself that oh, I, I can believe, and, and then maybe that person will get better. You know, you know. Just if I just if I wasn't such a doubter, you know, somebody would get better. Um, I, I think that's bullshit. <laughs> that's total bullshit. I think you can't yourself to have faith. And people who try to put this into a formula are, it's a spell, it's witchcraft, it's, it's not faith. It's, when you are praying and you believe that something is going to happen, I think that is a miracle. I think you're connecting with God's creative force. And I don't think you can make that happen. I think, kind of like Tracy's point, the last one, almost works best when your mind is like, I think if you have to do anything to make this stuff be relevant in your life, just an openness to it. Because if God's will be done, not my will, but God's will be done, like Jesus had to pray that. Like you can open wish for things, and I gotta talk about that a little later, but a lot of those things aren't gonna happen, frankly. Just they won't. Hopes and wishes are they're really that. We can frame them as prayers, but it's not my will, but God's will be done. That is a different kind of prayer. It's so fundamentally different that I think it'll take a lifetime to figure out how to actually do that proper. But I think if you frame it that way, it's like it takes all the layers of like, oh, I have to do it correctly, and I, I don't know, you know, it's like, you don't really have to do anything. You could say a prayer of one word and just as good, or I don't even know, you know, it, it, it's such a mystery how this actually works, and how we connect to it, why we're even involved in it, it's an interesting point to dwell on, but that's, that's it. I don't think there's a, a formula to make it work, but when it, when it is real, when it is God's creative force, it's powerful, and it, it, we can't wield that. Good to hear your, your passion on those things, Alex, and, and starting with basic physics. Uh, <laughs> but well, let's go from that to something that's like really practical and closer to home. Could you share it? And I'll have you start on this one, Alex. Just like one simple story of how that became a part of caring for for someone, or, or maybe of receiving that care yourself. I think our um, saying prayer is not like a wish or a hope.
connected with this spiritual being by just unloading on it, I think is important. And I think you can connect a lot of your stuff to God that way, but also not just in a sort of self-centered catharsis, I think that's part of it, but I think it's like the idea of seeing pain in the world and just being like, ah, God, and that's a prayer. I think what it does is it helps put perspective like what's going around you and position yourself for um, being more open and available to others. I, I, putting, um, putting your cry out to God, but really what you're doing, I think, is helping position yourself, reorient yourself um, the way God wants you to. I, I do this a lot, and I think it's it probably is tied up into some things, like I said, the self-centered catharsis thing. But <laughs> I, I do see the positive value of this and how it can help you just deal with all these life's anxieties and help reorientate. But I always say, I do this so much that <laughs> I uh, caught myself the other day saying, uh, hey, Father, but actually I was asking, we need to ask Google a question. <laughs> I don't know. Probably program your phone. Your phone to, I don't want you to analyze that too much. It's probably something to do with an unhealthy relationship with technology there. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I think it's like pray the praying without ceasing. The idea of just like oh god, you know, just. To me, that's a prayer. I don't think that's like saying God's name in vain or whatever. It's just like, like a, but I think when you put that perspective on um, onto God and it connects somehow through your day, I think that's where that kind of there's a chance that you can start to change your perspective on something. So, yeah. yeah, and I hear that sense of humility and and of being present in that, in that whether it's about yourself or or someone else. Tracy, how about you? Do you want to share a story of how that kind of prayer became a part of caring for someone or, or being cared for yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, just recently, uh, when we began the Lenten season, I forgot. I forgot it was Lent. You know, this is my life right now. <laughs> and uh, the first message that Rachel gave about being the beloved. Those were those were phrases and terms that I was I wanted to get incorporated into my life. I knew that they were life giving to me. Staying in the moment, staying present, mm -hmm. you know, being, you know, just and that that brings with it a level of acceptance. So a lot of times my prayers are just wordless. I think that they're just thoughts going back and forth between myself and, you know, it's like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to come about. And the next thing I know, something outside of me, someone sharing a message about being the beloved, and that that was Jesus's greatest weapon when he went into the wilderness to, I'm the beloved. God just told me. So, you know, deal with that kind of thing. And 
it's, it's given me um, further grounding in my relationship. But I was thinking a lot, I might be incorporating this question in the next question, but it's just like, hmm, you know, at this church, here's yet another opportunity to let people know that they are the beloved. And it's not because we think so, but first and foremost, he does. So the, the practice of doing this helps the person to experience being Yeah, and um, years ago, I was at another church. We moved around a lot, um, about 25, 30 years ago. And uh, somebody was, I was asked if I had the time to meet with um, some people, if there was a group of us that were gonna pray a family member brought a family member, and it was one of those instances where, you know, the, the family member that did the bringing was desperate, you know, saw this person in crisis, really wanted answers, and the person that was being brought was just kind of sitting there going, oh, they're going to beat me up again, and I have had experiences with the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, and that type of format and whatnot, and again, you know, talking about being a blank slate. There was so much chaos going on. The person that was doing the bringing was, was sharing and sharing and sharing, and this other person, you could just see them shrinking and shrinking, and I'm sitting there, I was one of quite a few people, and I'm just going, I can't hear anything. You know, there's just too much going on, too much expectation, too much, you gotta have a formula, you gotta have a format. Help. That's my that's my go-to prayer, <laughs> and I'm not joking about that. It really is help, you know. And all of a sudden, the blank I I call it the blank slate came to me, and there was one question, and I've had this question later on brought to me, and I haven't said anything to anybody, but um, we were able to, and it just really meant a lot because you just saw. Kind of like what Warren said, you just saw God's arms go around this person that had been brought, and the question was just, what do you want God to do for you? Mm -hmm. We didn't have any answers. We didn't know what was going on. So the question you asked the person was a question that you heard. Yes. From yeah. yeah, and it was just part of it. It was just very simple, and it was just, what do you want God to do for you? Yeah. And the person, what they wanted had nothing to do with the concerns of the, the other family member, but having kind of developed a relationship with this person later on, they're, they're very secure and very happy and very peaceful in their life because that I don't think that was a starting point, but it was just like, oh, I, this is what I want, you know? And it was just like, oh, okay. And the other family member found peace. It was just really neat the way it just seemed to just push all of that chaos and all of that fear and all of that just magnified concern and put it in, I like the word perspective, yeah. put everything in perspective. Yeah. And that was a great experience. And I've had that happen to me. You know, somebody saying, what, what are you really asking for, Tracy? And it would just be, oh. Phew, okay, now I know what I really, I really need help with here and support with. I, I love that sense that, that kind of listening for the right question that connects and, and helps a person to, yeah. to and be And sometimes present. it isn't a question. Sometimes yeah. it's just 
goes so fast. I want to make sure we um, have a chance to chat about it. So I'm going to hold off on the, on the last question for now and let uh, some conversation happen around the tables and then we'll close with you sharing just one hope that you might have for us as a church. So, but if you can um, gather around your tables and Lorna is going to deliver some questions to each of you, but I'll read out the questions as she's going around to do that. So the two questions are, to think of times when you've cared for friends or family, either people uh, that you're actually with or people who are far away, who are going through some significant difficulties, so you're really caring about these folks. And have you found ways to include a type of listening to God and or like an inner attention to the other person, uh, something that helps you do something practical and real with your compassion that you have towards someone in need? Um, have you found a way of doing that in a way that was not for you? Any, any thoughts like that that you can share with people around your table or, uh, or even with the struggle to find something is fine to share too. And then the second question is, can you do it any ways that our gathered community could be more intentional about doing this for each other or, um, or helping us learn more about how to do that together? So if you can have, um, so let's say something like, Ten minutes for the two questions. I'll give you a prompt partway through and, and say if you have you know, like switched gears, you may want to consider that. And we'll take around ten minutes to have those conversations around the table, and we'll, we'll finish up with some hopes for, for the future going ahead. And I just wanted to say too, I've given you some sheets of paper and pens. If there's anything that comes from the conversation that you think would like would be good for for others to uh, hold on to or remember. Awesome, thanks. So we'll touch base in about 10 minutes.
if you haven't had a minute to turn something toward the future, feel free to do that now.
Okay, panelists. <laughs> what what one hope each? What what's one hope for the future that you each have? Um, well, my phone number is listed as the prayer contact, and I hope that maybe that number could be taken off the website to the web editor. <laughs> no, I, I I don't mind being uh, uh, being part of that, but uh, actually, literally, I'm getting spam calls for that. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it is happening. Yeah. <laughs> My hope is it's a joke, but it's true. <laughs> it's a joke, but it's true. Um, uh, anyway, no, it's, um, I think that that particular thing, that uh, idea of like, oh, we'll do like a mobile prayer. 
it's, it's been on there for like a couple of years. But um, it's never, like, I don't think anybody's ever picked me up on that. Except the spam call. The spam call is trying to get more, I guess. I keep denying them. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, no, but no, it, it's not, I don't think that's the right response. I think there's got to be, like, got to be easier for folks to, like, do this. And uh, we had tried, like, initially, we did a thing where we had, like, after the second service, we did a, third thing where we went upstairs and just like, just, it was like, uh, I remember uh, Colin and uh, Rochelle from New Zealand, they were part of that, and, uh, and uh, Shen and Trita, and were part of that too at some point, I'm not sure, but I, I yeah, yeah anyway, but um, we just kind of like sat upstairs and just waited for people to show up, if they wanted prayer, we would just kind of like wait, and it was a little bit, there's not much of a formula to We did that for a while, and it was, it was good. Some people showed up, but after a while, it was just like us for like a couple months, and we're just like, it looks like this is not really the right way to do this. So then we went to the mobile thing, like just call, and we'll set this up and come to you. And, but nobody really wanted to do that either. And so, um, so I'm not really sure in terms of like context or whatever, but I like the idea of just being like that blank slate, just being a little open to it. Um, we had talked about this idea as prayer skill or discipline because it seems like you get the, the blender mind or whatever happening. It's really hard to actually do this if you don't try to be somewhat at least intentional and be open to something. So it's got to be worked in somehow. Um, I would say it would be good to, to do it while we're together. Um, So I, I like the idea, you know, like we did that a little bit with the kids there, like or I did the story and like, just like wait two minutes and imagine God. And that was really cool. Like Jack had a really neat insight and others as well. It was just like this is this is a way you can actually connect. So I, I like stuff like that and hope we do more of that. Cool. Yeah. So you want to be available. We haven't quite found the best sort of format for availability, but yeah. that's what I'm hearing. That sounds great. Tracy? Um, I was really glad to hear what you had to say. That's just really neat because uh, through this transition, I'm just, this is stuff that I didn't even know I was praying for that has been begun to come about as we transition as St. Croix Church, and I'm just really excited, and I think prayer is just that one more avenue where we can encourage people and support them and let them know how much God really loves them. The format, I have no idea because, you know, uh, right now Shannon and I message back and forth and I was sharing in the group that, you know, it, there's an anonymity to that too because um, one particular request was just for, um, there was a crisis in St. Stephen and that's all I needed to know. And praying and then Shannon was kind of let me know that, you know, it was resolved very positively, very well, you know, it's like, oh, great. That's great, but too, the group setting, I mean, I'm just getting encouraged just hearing what people have to say and what their desires are. Very much so. I, I don't really know how to incorporate that into our services, but it's, 
it's definitely necessary and it's really, really encouraging me that it's wanted. You know, we want this. Because I do very much. It certainly sounds like this is a desire that's uh, not quite coming into focus yet, but one mm -hmm. that's in the process of uh, doing that. So, you know, we've mentioned humility and moving away from the blender mind into something more blank. And now we're in a blank space. <laughs> exactly what this might look like, but we know we want to do it in some form or another. So, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your own process, and thank you for the conversation. I think we all have. Um, just to close, if if we can have like just a little bit of that listening, like 30 seconds, uh, for you to listen to what you want to to uh, have heard in a, from God or from these conversations. Uh, and carry with you as you go. And then I'll just say a short word for after that. So just some silence first. Space with us. Uh, we all know that life's too hard to do alone, and so I pray that we find the ways in which we can uh, give attention to each other when we have needs and hurts, in which we can give attention to you in the way that you want to speak into those places and uh, do it through our intuitions, do it through our compassion, fuel our empathy. some of these into intentions that are more focused as we go ahead. So thanks for being with us. Come on, peace. Thank thanks, Alex.